Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. Uh, last week, we uh, started a series that uh, we're calling Worth More. And I told you last week that really where this came from was the conversations that I've had with people over the last six months or so where they have basically said that I feel worthless. Uh, I don't feel like I've got anything to offer. I don't feel like anybody really loves me for me. I feel like they're just after what I can give them or what I can do. I feel like I'm just a a resource, or maybe I, f- I feel rejected, or I just have an enormous amount of guilt, and I just don't feel like um, I'm worth that much. And so last week, we talked about how God created you with precision. He created you specifically. He created you on purpose. He created you with a purpose. And if you missed that, you can go back and watch that on YouTube or wherever you want to. But this next couple of weeks, I want to um, follow up with getting a little more specific about those things, kind of diving down into a little bit of why people say that they feel like they don't have any worth. Um, how many of you remember a magic eye? Y'all remember? We've got one. We're going to put it up here. Now, y'all do not ignore me for the next 20 seconds while that's up there, okay? I'm going to keep talking. But I think this was popular in the 90s. Am I right? And the idea was is that when you look at it, at the first glance, your first look, it's a mess. But... After you look at it again and you kind of see below the surface, you're supposed to see this other picture completely. Now, I think the people who can actually see the things maybe need to go to Celebrate Recovery. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe need to do another step study. Because I have never been able to see anything in these pictures. I don't care how many times I look. They, they've told me that if you put it really close to your nose, you can draw it back and you can see it. I've never been able to see one. But they tell me that after a second look, after looking at it a little closer, that there is a picture that forms and you can see something that's pretty crazy cool if you've never, if you've never seen it before. You know, when we look at ourselves and when we, when we look at others, we usually just see what's on the surface, don't we? Now go with me. Many of you, Most of you, all of us, have judged somebody by their outward appearance. Can we just be honest? You've looked at someone, you've sized them up, and you've made a determination about that person based off of what you've seen. Or maybe you did get to know them a little bit. Maybe you met them, and they had something about their personality that reminded you of somebody you didn't like that had a similar thing about their personality, and so you judged them. You wrote them off, right? And we tend, to, we tend to only look at the outward appearance, only what we can see. It's that way when we look at other people, but let's be honest, it's also that way when we look at ourselves. We only see the surface negatives when we look at ourselves. In fact, some of you today speak ways to yourself that you would never let anybody else speak to you. If somebody else told you the things that you repeat in your mind about yourself, you would punch them in the nose. 
you say things to yourself, you say lies or you say true things that are just negative to yourself that you would never let anybody say about one of your family members, don't you? You say things, you repeat things, you have self-talk that you would never let anyone else say to you. And so even when you're talking to yourself, we often just look at surface level. And the things that you say to yourself are usually the things that you have been told about yourself. They're things that other people have said about you. Or they're things that you have been conditioned to believe through the course of your life that are true about you. And so you've been told something. You've been told something negative. Your behavior, if you're realistic, seems to back that up. And so you have replayed that in your mind over and over and over again. And before you know it, you are saying things to yourself like, I'm ugly. I'm a failure. I always fail. I always messed up. I'm too messed up. I'm disqualified. I am what I've done. I'm too skinny. I'm too fat. I'm too tall. I'm too short. I'm too talkative. I'm too quiet. I'm too slow. I'm too impatient. And we believe lies about ourselves. And we say things to ourselves just based on surface level mistakes or what we see as bad things about ourselves. But God, thankfully, sees a different version of you. He has a different lens that he looks through. He's willing to look at you again and see below the surface. My title this morning is Look Again. Look again. Look at the person beside you and say, look again. Now tell that person, I was looking at you when you told me that. Look again. We're going to be we're going to be in 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16, there is a, uh, a famous story about a guy named David. It's in the Old Testament. The Bible is basically broken up into two halves. The Old Testament is older and the New Testament is newer. I graduated. So this story is in the, in the Old Testament. It's about a guy named David. And this is the same David that even if you've never been in church or you don't know a lot of Bible stories, it's the, the same David that killed Goliath with the sling and the stone hitting right between the eyeballs, knocked him over. He cut his head off. That's the part we don't teach in children's church. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> cut his head off. He, he, he legitimately did. It's also the same David who slept with Bathsheba, got her pregnant, and then killed her husband, had a hit out on, on, her, on her husband. But it's also the same David who, in 1 Samuel 13, God calls a man after his own heart. The story we're going to talk about today kind of happens before any of those really big David stories. But it's the story of him getting anointed as, as king. You see, what, what, what had happened was uh, David was a lowly shepherd boy. He was out in the field. He was doing what he did. He was out with the stinky sheep. Israel had a king at the time, the only king they had ever had, a guy named Saul. God had handpicked Saul to lead his people, the nation of Israel. Even though God had, had handpicked him, Saul had made some bad choices. And so God says, I'm going to remove my hands from Saul. I'm going to pick a new king. And so Samuel, uh, the prophet of the time, and a prophet was someone who heard God and then spoke for God. He, God told Samuel, I want you to go and I want you to anoint this new king. 
I want you to select, I want you to choose the king, but I'm going to tell you who it's going to be. The instructions that God gives Samuel are, it's going to come from one of Jesse's sons. It's going to come from the house of Jesse. So that's where we're going to pick up the story. At the beginning of the selection process, all of the brothers, all of Jesse's sons are lined up, and that's where we're going to pick up the story. Verse 6 says, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Now, David had at least seven brothers that we know of. All of them aren't, aren't named in this story, but it's pretty clear as you read Scripture and as you study history that all of Jesse's boys had the look of a king. They looked like somebody who could have authority. They just had the look. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When somebody just has the look, y'all are judging by outward appearance. But they just, I, I know, I, I, I suckered you into that one. But they just had the look of a king. Now, Samuel shows up at Jesse's house and sees the first brother and says, this must be it. Now, it does make sense because uh, uh, Eliab is the oldest brother, but this scripture seems to indicate that the main reason why Samuel wanted to pick him was simply based on his outward appearance. Now, keep in mind that Samuel is a godly man. He's a, he's a prophet, right? He's a godly man. He hears from God. He thinks like God. He speaks for God. He's a godly man, but yet in this passage, he doesn't consult God or anything. He just looks at this brother, and he says, that must be it, solely based off of his outward appearance. He doesn't even go down the rest of the line. It's like he looks at one, and he says, this must be it. And so he jumps to a conclusion and completely ignores the other brothers there. You've done that to people, haven't you? Where you see somebody, and you immediately judge them, based off of how they look, based off of what they're wearing, based off of who they're with. And you've had that done to you, haven't you? Where simply because of what you had or because of what you didn't have, somebody rejected you and wrote you off. Some of you have been rejected in the same exact way that these other six brothers and David are being rejected right here and that was simply they're overlooked some of you are dealing with the past of rejection and the reason isn't because you didn't have what it takes it's just that somebody else got there first it's just that you were you were overlooked it's not that you couldn't do it it's not that you couldn't handle it it's not that it, you didn't have it in you it's just that someone else got there first Men, sometimes I think this is the place where we deal with rejection. Where I have what it takes, but they got the promotion. I have what it takes, but somebody else got there first and they got selected, which means I got rejected. Some of you, that's been the story of your life. In fact, you will say things like, story of my life, always a day late and a dollar short. That rejection is real. And these other brothers here are being overlooked and they're being rejected simply because Samuel happened to look another brother's way first. God responds to Samuel in verse 7. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his, outward, or by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. 
The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. One of the things that I love about God is that when he looks at us, he sees beyond what other people see. That's true for you. When God looks at you, he does not see what everybody around you sees. God looks again. He looks below the surface. He sees what's in you, and he has a different view of who you really are. Regardless of the rejection you face, regardless of the labels that have been placed on you, God knows your heart. If I were to ask you, what do you believe God sees in you? Many of you would give me the completely wrong answer. Many of you would begin to name the sins of your past, or the things that people have told you you've done wrong in the past, or the times that you didn't live up, or the character defects that you have. If I were to ask you, what does God see in you, many of you would answer the completely wrong way. Some of you that have been in church a long time, and you know what the answer is supposed to be, might would give me the, an- the right answer, but many of you still wouldn't believe it. Because you think when God looks at you, he sees the same thing, that everybody else sees. You think when God looks at you, he sees what the worst critics you have see. I want to remind you today that God's approval is more than skin deep. God's approval is more than just surface level. I know how you feel. I know how you feel about the way you look. And that's not just a statement to ladies, that's a statement to men too. I know how you feel about the way you look. I know how you feel about your personality. I know how you feel about your past. I know how you feel about your place in life. But God sees something deeper and better than any of that stuff. In fact, God often accepts the very people that other people reject. Some of you this morning, you've always felt like you were being rejected. You've always felt like a reject, like people didn't want you, that you were just a face in the crowd, that you were just a number in the crowd. Ever since you were a little boy or girl, you've always felt like you were the problem in the situation. God accepts what man rejects. Do you hear me? Because he sees something deeper. He sees something more inside of you than what you've been told, than the mistakes that you've made, than the past that you have accumulated. God accepts what man rejects. He knows the real you. He knows what he put inside of you. He knows the things that he's created specifically for you to do. He knows your pain. He knows your potential. Let me ask you, what if you lived the rest of your life in the bondage of what they didn't see in you? What if you lived from this day forward in the bondage of what someone else failed to see in you? If you feel rejected today, God brought you here for me to tell you to look again because he sees something different. So Samuel continues to go down the line of brothers And one by one, he looks at them. God says, nope, nope, nope. Then in verse 10, it says, In the same way all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. 
But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked her, these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse replied. And can't you just hear the tone in this? But he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. Well, wow. so can't, can't you just put there, I'm going I'm I'm to sit right here, kind of reenact some of this. Can't you just imagine, David, out in the field, it's a hot day, stinky sheep, you get the drift. Manure smell, grass smell everywhere. Maybe he's petting a sheep. I don't know, I have that picture in my head. Maybe somebody pulled the wool over his eyes. I just thought of that one on the spot. I see that clap. Maybe he's singing Bye Bye Black Sheep. Maybe, definitely, he's counting sheep. Y'all get it? Not because he's asleep, but because he's a sheep. Okay. I did plan that one. Maybe he's, maybe he's got his phone out, and he's trying to get a perfect picture across the pasture at sunrise with the sheep kind of over to the side so that he can post it on Instagram. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Hashtag shepherd life. <laughs> Hashtag no filter, even though he has a filter. Y'all do it too! <laughs> maybe, and I, I'm probably stereotyping here, but maybe he's eating granola out of a Ziploc bag. Maybe he's got a kind bar beside him. And then this guy runs up to him, looks at him, and he says, David, David, they, 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 need, you, they need you back there. And David's like, well, what, what do they need? And they're like, well, this is a little awkward, but Samuel's trying to pick a new king, and the rest of your brothers are not it. So they need you to come, because maybe you're it. Can't you imagine that David would look at him and say, what? Like, why am I just now hearing about this? Y'all, y'all know where my pasture is. Why am I just, why am I just now he- hearing about this? Why, why are you just coming to get me? Can you imagine? The pain that David feels in that moment of being rejected by the people that were supposed to love him most. Some of you can imagine that because you've lived that. What do you do when the people that you're supposed to trust, that, you're supposed, that are supposed to love you, that are supposed to care for you, that are supposed to protect you, that are supposed to be there for you, reject and push you away. When they abuse, when they critique, when they turn their back on you, when you feel like you are no longer wanted in their, in their presence, when you're, when you're misused by the very people 
that are supposed to be for you, by the people that you thought that you could trust, that is a painful place to be and it's a painful place to live. It's the, it's the ones that were family. It's the ones that were close, to friend, close friends. You, you trusted them. You put yourself out there for them. You trusted them with information. They were family. But something happened Maybe not even anything you did, or maybe they just took one little thing and they ran with it. And now they've rejected you. Sometimes we're rejected because of how we look or because of what we did or because of assumptions people make. But some people, sometimes, some of you, especially new believers, I need to warn you, sometimes you're rejected because of your faith. If you're a new believer in the room, sometimes the rejection does happen because you're different. Because there's something, there's something, there's something in you. All of a sudden, especially after you just accept Christ, all of a sudden there's something inside of you that, 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 seems to, that, that seems to counteract the people that have been the closest to you. And sometimes people will reject you simply because of the Jesus, simply because of the God in you. So Jesse... Tell Samuel, he says, I have one more, but he's, he's out in the field. He's shepherding right now. You ever been on the end of a but he or a but she? <laughs> have you ever been on the end of a but? No, I'm just kidding. Have you ever been on the end of a but he or a but she? Like, we need somebody but she. Like, I need somebody to date but he. We need somebody to do something, but she can't do it. Jesse labels David and says, but he's just a shepherd boy. You know, labels will always create limits when you accept them. Some of you, some of you right now, you, you have been labeled by other people, and it has limited you for your entire life. You have been labeled with a but he or a but she, and it is, it is changing the course of your life because somebody placed a label on you. Somebody decided this is now what defines you. They said, she's just flighty, or he's just weak, or you can't take him seriously, or she's just too good, or he's just too poor, or, or, or they, they just aren't very smart, and they have put a label on you, and you have accepted it, and it has restricted your entire life. And so now God wants to do something through you, but you think since you have that label placed on your head that you can't do it. Labels create limits when they're accepted. And some of you, you even place labels on yourself, don't you? And one of the reasons why we do this is because, especially if we feel like we have a weakness, if we can put a label on it, all of a sudden we identify with it and we don't have to try anymore. Some of you have placed labels on yourself and you've been living under labels forever. That I'm just ignorant. I'm just stupid. I'm just, I'm just rejected. I'm just one of those people. I don't, I don't have to have friends. I'll never have friends. I'm not man enough. I'm just not one of those kind of men. I'm not woman enough. I just, I just can't do that. I just don't have that in me. I'm ugly. 
I'm just, I'm just ugly. I'm impatient. I just don't have any faith. Or I'm just a screw-up. Here's the question for you. What if you live the rest of your life being limited by the labels that you've accepted? By the labels that you have accepted from other people and the ones that you have squarely placed on yourself. Some of you right now have lived far too long under labels that have limited your life. And those labels have not come from God. They are not things God has said about you. They are not identifying characteristics that he would put on you. They are simply things that you have believed and that people have said about you. And so now you live limited by those labels. So you don't try anything new. Because if I'm just a screw up, why would I try anything new? If I'm terrible at relationships, some of you have had that label placed on you. Why would I ever try to find somebody? If I'm not man enough, why would, why, why would I ever try to be the man that, that God calls me to be? If you live under those labels, you'll be afraid to fail. You'll be afraid to try. You'll be afraid to let people in. You'll be scared to talk because of a label. Just like Jesse is trying to label, label David here, some of you have let the labels someone else gave you dictate the direction of your life. Some of you are like, how does he know? Because I'm telling you, let me just say this, guys, gals, don't want to limit that. This message today is completely Holy Spirit-led. And the reason why I'm telling you that is because God loves you so much that he would bring you here today so that you could rip the labels off, so that you could deal with the rejection. Now, some of you, after today, we need to come talk to me because we need to dive into this rejection. We need to do that with a professional. But some of you just need to re be reminded of what God really thinks of you. And you need to give yourself permission to, to look again at yourself. It's time for us to take those labels off. Look at verse 12. It says, so he sent for him, sent for David, and he brought him in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise up and anoint him. This is the one. Wait. What, but I, I thought David was the, the rejected one. I thought he was the lowly one, the, the, the young one. And I have to say, for, for many years, I, I've always read this as, as David was like the ugly one. But with a second look, he's described in verse 12 as having a fine appearance and handsome features. It doesn't seem seem to line up to me, that he's the rejected one, that Samuel was going to anoint the first one because he had the appearance of a king, but yet David is still handsome and has a fine appearance. And so I did some digging, and here's what I found out. David would have most likely, and I don't know how they know this, and I'm not going to question it, but David most likely would have been taller than a lot of people of his day. He would have had lighter skin. He would have had a different skin color than a lot of people of his day. But he was still handsome. So why was David rejected? David was rejected because he didn't meet the expectations that were placed on him. You see, Saul, the king before, had 
an appearance. He was all the king that they ever knew. So when Samuel goes to anoint the new king, he assumes that the new king should look like the old king. Some of you right now are experiencing rejection and are dealing with the turmoil of rejection. And the simple reason is, is because you didn't meet their expectations. Not because you were wrong. Not because there was anything wrong with you. It was because they looked at you and they thought you should be some other way or you should do it some different way or you should be like your sister or you should be like your brother and they rejected you because you did not meet the expectations that they placed on you. Some of you have labeled yourself because you've been comparing yourself with other people. And so, I was doing okay. I was doing okay with my workout plan. I was doing okay with my eating habits. Although I don't recommend as much Mexican food as I ate last night. But I was doing okay. Until I began to compare myself with somebody else, and now I'm just, I have no self-control and I'm just fat. And you are living under that label, not because you're wrong, not because there's anything wrong with you, but because you aren't like them. You may not look like they want you to, but you still have something. You may not like be like they want you to be, but you are how God made you. You may not be as far along as they want you to be, but God is working on you. You may not have all that they have, but you're great at what you do have. David says, anoint that one, not because he meets expectations, but because I see his heart. I have good news for you today. God has not changed since 1 Samuel 16. He still looks at your heart, regardless of what you feel, regardless of how you labeled yourself. He sees something amazing inside of you, but you gotta look again. Some of you, that literally flies in the face of everything you've believed about God. But it was true here for David, and it's true for you. Doesn't matter what they've said or what you've said. God looks at your heart. Have you ever thought, God, I just wish. I wish they could know what was inside of me. I wish those people that have hurt me. I wish those people that have rejected me. I wish those people who are questioning me. I wish they could just see inside of me. I've made that statement before. Like, I wish people could just know my heart. Well, the good news is, is that the only one that matters does. He sees you. He knows you. And he loves what he sees regardless of what you've done. If you feel rejected, left out, labeled or not enough, look again. Try to see a different picture, look through God's lens. You see broken, he sees fullness. You see hopeless, he sees hope. You see wrong, he sees what's there. You see ugly, he sees beauty. You see stupid, he sees brilliance. You see a mess, he sees a miracle. You may have a label, you may look different, but God sees something completely great inside of you. Now I've gotta finish this story because a lot of people leave it right there. It ties in a nice little bow right there, but I want to take it one more verse. Verse 13 says, So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought 
and anointed David with the oil. The oil was just symbolic that this was God's man. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. So get this. David gets chosen to be king right in front of the people that he was rejected because of. Isn't that awesome? And here's my takeaway from that. God has the ability to reverse rejection and restore your past. God has the ability to take the things that you feel have labeled you for so long and reverse it and change your future. God has a way of just making things right, y'all. He has, he has a way of, of just situating things and restoring broken relationships and restoring broken hearts and putting it all right. Why? Because when you fully see how God accepts you, you can begin to move past how others have rejected you. But you've got to see it. You've got to see what he thinks about you. You've got to see what he says about you. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in a moment. It won't happen by the time you leave here. But as you move towards God, as you seek him, as you pray, as you ask him, as you read the Bible, as you spend time with people that love you around you, you will begin to see that God accepts what man rejects. God is the only answer for a rejected heart. But you have to look again. He's the only one who can take you from rejected to accepted. But you have to look again. He's the only one that can see beyond your hurt and sin and claim you as child, but you have to look again. Look at 1 Peter 2.9. This is true for all believers. Beautiful passage of Scripture. If you need a memory verse for the week, this would be it. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into wonderful light. What is that saying? It's saying that you are the opposite of rejected. You are accepted and even chosen by an almighty God. You are who he says you are. God is the only answer for a rejected heart. That's what defines you. So here's my question. Are you willing to give yourself another shot? Are you willing to look again at yourself? Are you willing to give yourself permission that maybe the rejection, maybe the labels that I have taken in as truth, maybe they're wrong. Maybe, maybe what God says about me actually is true. Maybe the fact that he says, I have no idea what that is. Maybe the fact that he says that I am chosen means that I am chosen. Maybe the fact that he says that I am loved means that I'm loved. I have messed up. I have sinned, I have missed the mark, but maybe the fact that he says that I am a 
royal priesthood, that I am a chosen people, maybe, just maybe, it's time for me to open up my mind to the, to the fact that that could be right. Are you willing to give yourself another chance? Are you willing to look again, not at anybody else, but at yourself? And do the hard work of discovering who God says you really are. Are you willing to think, maybe the rejection doesn't define me. Maybe mom, dad, sister, friend, coworker, person who I trusted, maybe they're wrong. Maybe my past doesn't define me. Maybe God isn't out to get me. Maybe I'm not just a... Maybe I just need to look again. With every head bowed and every eye closed. There's people in the room this morning and you need a relationship with Jesus. To be honest... You've rejected yourself for so long, you didn't think that he could even love you. But he does. Sure, you've messed up, and we can talk about that, but he offers forgiveness for every bit of it. If you need a relationship with Jesus this morning, there's nothing magical about this. It's just a confession. Just say, Jesus, I've sinned. I've missed the mark. I've been labeled as a screw-up because I've made my share of mistakes. But somehow right now, I believe that you came, you died, and you rose for me. So I ask you to come into my life. I turn it over to you. I will follow you to the best of my ability. Jesus' name. Their head's still bowed and eyes still closed. I just want you to, if you're dealing with rejection or being labeled right now, would you just slip your hand up? Thank you. I just want to pray over you and I want to speak some, some truth over you, not. Um, not because there's anything magical about me doing it, but I want you to hear some truth. And I want to pray for those of you who feel like you're always on the outside looking in. God, I pray for every person that just raised their hand. God, I thank you for your amazing love for them. God, however they're dealing with, with this rejection or the labels that seem to be placed on them, God, I pray that right now that they would look again. That they would look at themselves again and open themselves up to the possibility that they are more than what they thought they were. God, I declare over their lives right now that they are chosen that they are not rejected, that they are a royal priesthood, that they're not just mess-ups and screw-ups, 
that they are holy, that sure, they have sinned, but that does not define them as a child of God. Lord, I declare in Jesus' name that the strongholds of rejection that have held people down so long are gone. God, I pray that you would just, Holy Spirit, that you would just speak to them the amazing things that you think of them, that you would just reveal to them who you think they are. God, that it wouldn't happen overnight, but in time, that they could begin to move past the things that people have tried to push them back because of. God, I thank you so much for the amazing honor of teaching your word. God, I've, I've done my best. Holy Spirit, would you just make it plain to every person that you care so deeply about in this building, and that's all of us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this church. In Jesus' name. Amen.